Church, and who's heard Bethel? You know Bethel Church? Yeah, okay. Um, I saw that some of the songs were Bethel music, so I know Bethel music goes before us sometimes. Um, I'm part of the Sozo team there. I do training in inner healing and deliverance stuff, and um, work a lot with Donna De Silva and Steve De Silva. They're both um, on staff at Bethel, and they have their own ministry called the Silva Ministries. And Steve is now teaching Prosperous Soul, which is kind of a um, an understanding of of the Christian and money. It's it's not a prosperity gospel kind of thing. It's how do we handle our finances as a Christian? What does it mean? What does the Bible say about it? And, and how do we live that out? And that's kind of similar to what the Sozo ministry's heart is too, is how do we live out what Jesus paid for? And he paid for more than, than just the ticket to heaven, our, our end, our salvation. He paid for us to be whole in, in our body, in our soul, and in our spirit. And so it's, it's worth doing the things that the Bible teaches us to do to get there. And there's, there's a lot of instruction in the Bible about that, but sometimes it's hard to put it together for ourselves. So it helps when people have spent their life focusing on that and can give us tools that help us see how we get to that point. Um, what I want to talk to you about tonight is hearing God's voice, and it's, it's similar in, in my approach to that, is that I'm not assuming that you don't already hear from God. Um, most of us have a relationship with God already, um, and it's always good to learn more. We can always gain something from fellow Christians, right? There's just more for us to learn. Um, but before I start, I just want to pray a little bit over us. Um, Jesus, I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room because you are. And I'm asking that right now that every person is, feels your presence here and that you do impart to us a better and an increased ability to hear from you, Lord, to, to hear what you're saying, to feel what you're saying, to use the equipment that we have already in our body, in our soul, in our spirit to communicate with you and understand what you're wanting us to do and be and say. Because your truth is so precious, Jesus, and we need it. We, we need to know from you. We can't do life without you. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, right now to just be present here in the room, to bring more of yourself here, to just increase the, the atmosphere of heaven in this place and in each of our souls. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Papa. Yeah. So sometimes there's a question that Christians have about why we really need to work on hearing God because we already have the Bible, right? And it's true. We have the Bible, and it's an amazing treasure. We wouldn't want to be without it. It's full of things that we need. It's full of truth. It's full of vision. It, it gives us a real good picture of the character of God, of the Father, of Jesus and Holy Spirit, that we wouldn't have a way to know without the Bible. We absolutely need it. And it gives us guardrails so that we can stay on track with what he's saying because he's not going to contradict himself. Right? So we need the Bible. But God is alive. He's not a book. So we're not worshiping the book, right? We're worshiping the author of the book. So we go beyond the Bible knowing that there is a 
living person who is, is alive and he said he's with us that wants to communicate with us today. And we want to be connected to him. That's what Jesus paid for. He said that he would always be with us and what he did was pay this price so that we could have a relationship with the Father that's the same as the one that he has with him. We're co-heirs. We're, we're made sons and daughters because of what Jesus did. I like to say that he didn't just drop you off on the planet and hope that you would do well and come back later and see how you're doing. That's, that's not the intent. He's not like, see, I'll come back when you're done and then find out how it all went. He, he, he knows that that wouldn't work out well for us. We actually need, need him in order to do life. If you have your Bible, take a look at Matthew 4.4. 4. I'm going to go through a few scriptures. So if you have your Bible, that's great. If you don't, it's okay. It's not a test. I'll still read you the scripture. But I find that a lot of times it helps to read it at the same time that you're hearing it. It just goes in your brain better. So if you have it, do that. In Matthew 4.4, Jesus says, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That proceeds means constantly coming out of God's mouth. It's, it's not just he said it way back when, and he's never going to say anything else. He's constantly talking. So our spirits actually need to hear him. It's like bread for us, that, that word that's coming out of his mouth. And the bread could look like an answer, to a question that we have. It could be addressing some uh, encouragement that we need. It could be correction that we need. It could be direction that we need. It could be an answer that we're needing. And that's one way that the bread comes to us. It also could be that the bread is like healing to us. When God says something, it shifts how we understand things in our hearts. There's a lot of truth. I don't know if you've noticed this, but you can read the Bible and your head assents to it. It agrees with it. You go, okay, I see that. That makes sense. But your heart really doesn't feel that. It's, it's like your heart still believes something else. And so God can say to you, do not fear. You know, Be courageous. And you still notice that you have fear. So it's that, that distance between what you know and what you feel is where a word from God can shift things inside you. Because when he is encountering you in some way, it actually shifts what you believe in here. And then you can live the truth that you know up here. And that's one of our goals, right? It's like not enough to just know it and say it. We want to actually live it. We want it to be real for us. Another part of the bread is that it can be a prophetic word that someone else needs. So he might be showing you something that someone else needs to hear. It can be some encouragement. It can be comfort. It can be help of some kind, building up of another person. God will give us bread that is a gift for someone else. And the bread might simply be comfort and just the, the closeness of him, the presence of him when he comes close and connects with us somehow. It reminds us who we are and who we belong to. 
We really need his bread. We, we just, we need to hear from him. In John 10, 26, if, if you have a Bible, turn there. Verses 26 through 28. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. This is Jesus talking. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. And I give eternal life to them and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. If you are one of his sheep, Jesus says that you hear his voice. And he is a really good shepherd. He knows how to talk to sheep so that they get it. I have sheep, so I know a little bit about sheep. And I, I know that they're, they're a little skittish, you know, they're a little nervous, and they're, you know, people say they're not very smart. I kind of... I don't know, I'm partial to sheep, so I think they're smarter than most people think they are. But um, they're not, you know, paragons of intelligence. They, they don't know everything. Um, but they definitely gravitate towards the shepherd, and they know the shepherd. And they are, really do know the voice of the person that's in charge of them. They, they will distinguish who, who that is and, and run to that person. And they don't do life well without a shepherd. Really, sheep. There's a couple of sheep in our neighborhood that got out of wherever they were supposed to be, and they've been kind of running around on their own along a riverbank for the last few months. And I keep thinking, this isn't good. You know, this isn't going to work out well for them because there are predators. There's coyotes. There's there's things out there that want to get them. I think so far they're okay, but in general, sheep just don't do life well without a shepherd. They need somebody monitoring them with the rod and the staff and you know, bringing them to the, the grass and the water. But it's like they're wired for that. They're made to need a shepherd. And, and they don't have a problem with it, really. They, they want to have a shepherd. They don't have to be intelligent to know who the shepherd is. They just know it. They don't really have to have anything much figured out. When I look at that illustration, I see Jesus not setting the bar very high for us. <laughs> right? It's like, if sheep can do it, you can do it. <laughs> and you can do it because he's a good shepherd. That's one reason. The other reason you can do it is because he designed you to do it. Just like the sheep. They're wired for the shepherd. And so we are wired for the shepherd. It's, we're designed for that. It's, it's the way he made us. God actually wants to communicate with his family, and our job is to be the listener. That means it takes some attention on our part. Our job is actively listening to him and and experiencing the variety of ways that he communicates with us. But we can also be communicators. That's what prayer is, right? He wants us to talk. It's, it's a relationship. So we get to ask, we get to tell him what we're feeling and what we need to share with him our thoughts. Um, all of that is building relationship. And really that's what the whole thing is about. That's why we're here. It's the whole reason that we're, we're created is for this relationship with God, 
And so the design is all about that. It's set up for that. So when you start thinking about that, you realize that there is no person that can fall out of this place of being able to communicate with God because he is the one who made you. And he doesn't goof up when he makes people. He does a really good job. So he knows what's needed. He knows how to provide for that. He knows how to make us so that we can do relationship with him. And that is built as we communicate. Relationship, that's how it gets built. You can't do an intimacy without communication. That intimacy is what Jesus came to restore. It's when you remember the Garden of Eden story, that trust got broken in the garden, and that intimacy was lost, and it was tragic. It still gets me every time I read Genesis, that story, and think about this wonderful creation that was there and how that got broken. It is tragic. But Jesus... He comes back, he restores it. He's called the second Adam. And that's, that's what he did. It's made possible this amazing relationship between us. So let's talk a little bit about the equipment we have. Since we're designed for this and, and God made us for relationship, what's our equipment? Well, it's basically our body, soul, and spirit. It's all of our senses. It's feeling, seeing, hearing any kind of sensory equipment, smelling, all the things, tasting. I mean, there's, all these things can be ways that God interacts with us. We've got equipment for that. And it's, our minds and thoughts fall into that place too. And when, a lot of times when people talk about hearing God, what they're thinking right often, and it actually makes sense because the word hearing, it, it sounds like it's going to got to be a word that we hear, right? And, and many times people think, I don't hear anything from God because I haven't heard his audible voice. But God has a lot more ways to talk to us than that. It's not just about hearing. Our ears are only one piece of the equipment that we have. And he has a much broader range. So there can be pictures that we see in our minds, maybe colors. There can be smelling fragrances that people have from him. There can be tastes even in our mouth. There can be feelings in our body. Some people, you know, kids will say the warm, fuzzy feeling that they have when God is near. And sometimes there's burning or tingling. It's it's our body feeling his presence. There's also things that he can uh, highlight to us this is kind of more a mind thing. It's like we'll notice numbers that repeat or a word or a phrase that kind of keeps showing up somehow. And, and we notice it. It's like he puts a spotlight on something, trying to get our attention. And, and we notice, oh, I keep seeing 222 two, two all the time. What's that mean? Or something. And then it, it draws us into curiosity. It's like the, the Bible says that we, that it's the business of kings to search out the mysteries. That that's part of our job. Is when God sometimes is, is kind of enticing us into more of a relationship with him. He wants us to actually be interested in what he's trying to say. So he's not just... In the same way that Jesus didn't always tell the parables to everyone that was listening, he, he actually told the people that wanted to know 
what they were about, right? It was a small group usually. It was going, you know, I really want to know what that parable means, Jesus. So it's the same in today. That sometimes God is, is doing things in a way that we're not quite sure what that means, and it's an invitation to step in and, and start asking them, what are you trying to show me? What do you want me to know about that? It's, and it's not like he's saying, well, you should have already known that. It's, he, he knows you don't know. So the invitation is to step in and to start interacting with him and, and get an answer from him. If you can, turn to Acts 2.14. says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, said God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Lord, pour it out. We just invite you to pour out those things on us in these last days because we are in those last days. They started with Pentecost. These last days have been lasting a long time. Um, but they, they were, that's the period that we're in right now when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. And God is saying he's speaking through dreams and visions, signs and wonders, and the prophetic word. And you know, just a funny thing, I, I now understand a little bit better why the old men dream dreams. And the young men see visions because I'm thinking, yeah, I need sleep, you know. <laughs> Dreaming sounds good. I'll go with that. But yeah, I'll still take the vision too. But God also speaks with the still small voice of Elijah that Elijah heard. And sometimes we're hearing that voice and we think it's our conscience, right? It can be a thought, though, that just kind of comes out of nowhere into our mind. It's a still, small voice. Um, an interesting way that God has been uh, talking to me in the last year or so has been songs that come out of nowhere. And I wake up in the morning and this song is playing in my brain. And it's usually a song I haven't heard for years. Normally what would happen is I would wake up to a worship song, right? Because every Sunday you're hearing worship songs and so they get in there and that's great. You love to hear them and it's nice that they're playing in your spirit and you're happy about that. But these songs that kind of come out of nowhere and they're like a song from my teen years or something, I'm like, what's that song doing? You know, why is that playing? And it's been interesting to interact with God about that and, and let him speak to me through the words of the song. Um, sometimes I, it ends up that I just get the chorus and I don't know the words, so I look it up on the internet and actually find the words so that I can see what it is he's trying to say. And that's, that's that stepping in I'm talking about. It's like, you could just go, oh good, I've got stuff to do, and move on. But if God is really trying to talk to you, it's worth taking a few minutes and, and doing something about it. Well, okay, well, that, I think this is what you're saying. Let me look it up and find out what you're saying. 
and see if that's making any sense and then ask him about it. It, it, it. About a year ago, we were in Peru doing a Sozo conference and I woke up in the morning and heard a song and I was taking a shower and that song was just playing in my brain and it was this really nice love song that I hadn't heard for a long time and I just thought to ask, Jesus, are you singing that to me or am I singing that to you? And he said, I'm singing that to you. And I just, it's like my heart just exploded because I really didn't expect that answer. Uh, wow, that's something, that's amazing. That's how you love me like that. I mean, I know I'm supposed to love you like that, but that you love me like that, that's, that's our shaking Jesus. You know, it was really cool. So I told my friend, Donna, that was, we share this together when we're traveling, and uh, she, she said, you just, you, you need to use that today. We were ministering at a girls' school, um, at girls that are, for the most part, come out of hard families. And anyway, I gave a testimony of that song and sang a little bit of it for them and told them that what I felt the Lord was showing me that day was that that song was for all of them. That that's how he loves us, is like that. This just beautiful, intimate, um, close love that you don't think of so much when you're just in religion, right? It's, it's deeper than that. It's, it's, it's really love. It's all about his heart. And it, it, was, it was cool how God worked on their hearts through that. They could receive it and... A lot of them had been through a lot of abuse, so it was, it was lovely to see how he worked with their hearts using that. A lot of times when God is trying to communicate with us, we don't ask him what he wants us to know about what we're picking up. It, it does require that leaning in and, and giving that moment and time to him to find out what he's trying to say and what he's doing. It, it takes a little effort on our part. Unusual things that are happening are another invitation to engage with them, especially when they happen more than once. The, uh, the word coincidence really doesn't fit with, with God's explanation of the world, right? It's not a random world that we live in. It's, it doesn't, coincidence is a misnomer, really, because we're not in a random universe. So when things happen that are odd and they happen several times, it's like an invitation to pay attention. It's like, what, why is this happening? What does that mean? Um, this is kind of a, a story that's a funny incident of something like that. It's, I was flying somewhere and sitting in my seat on, on the airplane and the flight attendant was serving and she was serving my seatmate and dumped a glass of ice on me. And I, oh, you know, it's ice, it's okay. You know, it's, it's just water. It's, it'll, it'll melt, it'll dry up, it's no problem. And yeah, we went on and then, you know, an hour or so later, the lady sitting next to me proceeded to spill her ice on me. And, and I thought, I'm getting attacked by ice today. <laughs> it was just odd, you know. And, I thought, same thing, I just said, oh, don't worry, you know, it's just ice, it's just going to melt, it's, you know, not a, not a big problem, you can just ignore it. And I just kind of thought to myself, that is strange to get 
attacked by ice twice in one day, <laughs> let alone once in one day. But it, it just made me pay attention. And then I sort of forgot about it. I thought, well, that's something interesting, God. I, if you're trying to tell me something, I'm not sure what it is. But yeah, I see that. So I went on. But then later we were in the church that we were ministering to, and we had a time with the leaders, and we were prophesying over them and ministering to them. And um, I felt like the Lord brought that back and it, that it was a word for them that there had been attacks on their team, on their leadership, but that he was saying to them, it's just like that ice, you know, it, it's hard, it's cold, it seems like it's annoying, it seems like an attack, but actually it's nothing, you know, it's going to melt, it's going to dry up, you don't have to do anything, you can just ignore it. And they were just like, yeah, that's so right. That's what's happening. And later some were coming up and telling me what was going on. And, and I thought, wow, God, it's very interesting how you, how you communicate stuff. You know, it wasn't, it's out of, out of the box is the way I think of it. But fun. I, I think there really is no end to the variety of ways that God wants to communicate with us because he's creative. That's his nature. He's, he's just endlessly creative. So it's true that we're not going to think of everything, but he can keep coming up with interesting ways to talk to us. And we don't have to be like somebody else. I mean, we don't have to do it the same way. Everyone's not going to receive from him the same way. People are going to have different ways that they're picking stuff up from him, and that's fine. But it's also true that we're invited to look at the way that God has communicated in the past to people in the Bible, or in history, or people around us, and then ask, God, I want to see a burning bush. You know? I mean, there's, there's some ways that God has communicated with his people through history that are very interesting and fun, and it's it is not out of the question for that to be for us too. So we're always invited to ask for more of, of whatever it is he's wanting to do with us. We're not limited to just, okay, you have this and that's it, you're in the box. You can keep asking. God responds to the hungry. That's who he answers. And we have not because we ask not. <laughs> so a good thing to think about too is how do we know that it's him that we're picking up sometimes the worry over that makes people not want to listen at all and that's too bad <laughs> because the enemy is little compared to God I mean God is just huge and the enemy's you know, this big compared to him it's just it's no contest so it's true that the enemy can, can talk to our thoughts. It's true that he can affect our emotions. But usually that is happening because we have unhealed wounds inside. So the more we let God heal those things, the easier it is for us to hear from him and not get confused about what we're, what we're getting, what's, what's coming into us. But that, that broadcast from the enemy is, is not as powerful as God's. So we are given the ability to discern where things are coming from. We can know what's, what's from him and what, what is not. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later.
But the, of course, the other place that we can be hearing is just ourselves. We, we have thoughts too, so some of the things that we can get are just us, right? And then the last is going to be from God, who's seeking relationship with us and knows that we need his help. He's, he knows that we can't figure out what to do without him. I love how one person put it that when God is speaking, it often sounds like you, but smarter than you. <laughs> it's like he speaks in the language of our mind and spirit. But I love that because I think, okay, that is smarter than me. That must be you. There's times when I'm seeking truth from God and a thought will come to mind and I might not know if it's my thought or his thought. But if it's in agreement with his thoughts, then I still can celebrate the thought because it's truth. And actually all truth is going to come from him. Whether I know it just because I've read his word and I'm seeking the truth or he's just jumping in and inserting something new. If it, either way, it's, if it's true and it agrees with the Bible, I still can be happy about the fact that it's true, right? And celebrate that, that we're on the same page, God and I. This, we're, we're, we're together on this. I can give him credit for the wisdom, whether it's me or him, because it's the source of truth is still Jesus. And whenever I know the truth, it's, he's involved there somewhere. And a few weeks ago, I was going to sleep and uh, it, had, it felt like a turbulent day in a way just with things going on in the country and in life. And so I was laying there going, God, I'm just handing you these burdens off of me. You know, it's, I, I know I'm supposed to have peace. You paid for peace. And I don't seem to have it, so I know I'm supposed to. So here's these things. I'm just going to give them to you. You have big shoulders and your yoke is light. And he just said, Susan, you know there's more good. And, and it was just that. And I thought, okay, good point. You know, yeah, I do. I do know that. Actually, my mind knows that there's more good, that God is so much bigger than all the problems in the world and all the people-created issues and my-created issues, that um, it's no contest, that he's got huge angel armies and they're on the move. You know, there's he's doing stuff, and and good is huge. It's big. It's way bigger than any evil thing or anything I've created that tries to simulate evil. <laughs> um, but at the time, I was in my little slice of things and not paying attention to it. And I, it just struck me again how God can just say four words, and it shifts everything. I spent the next week just remembering that he said that. There's more good. There's more good. And and it was like just a simple, actually, you know, a kid could tell you that. It's it's like, uh, you know, but the inside of me needed to know it. And he, right at the right time, just slides in there when I prayed to him about something else and goes, have you thought about this? And it's, it's just such a joy that he does that. It's like he's got your back. Right? There's the good shepherd at work. You know, I see you little sheepy. <laughs> yeah, that thought thing you're going down is really not productive. You know, let me tell you what's true. And I, I love that he does that. It, it just makes my heart happy. Um, 
how do we avoid listening to the wrong voice? Well, first of all, it has to agree with the proper interpretation of the Bible. Um, it, it, has, it has to not contradict what God has already said. He's not going to contradict himself. So the best thing that we can do is, is know what the Bible says. And we can start knowing that if something is attached to what we're hearing that has anger there or fear there or any kind of what I call perversion, wrong version, the wrong version of what he's saying, then it's not going to be from him. It just isn't. It's, that's never going to happen. So it, we, we can know right away this is not from God if it's got fear there or anger there or rage there or any kind of thing that, that contradicts what he says he is. Um, that's why reading the Bible and having the Bible is such a huge blessing. You know, we, we just can't forget as Christians how much that Bible is worth to us. And it's easy to do in a way. We read it and kind of think we're done. But, you know, it's, you're never done. And you need to ask Jesus, just stir up the passion in there for more of your word because we need it so desperately. It's that bread that then attracts more bread. And, and allows us to understand what, what he's doing and what he's saying to us. It also really helps us understand his character, and that's a huge part of it. If we know the character of God, then we can understand what's going on with what we hear. If that doesn't match with the Jesus I know, it's not Jesus, right? That doesn't sound like Jesus. He doesn't say stuff like that. Well, then that's not him. You're hearing from the wrong place. But if we don't know his character, we, it's harder to recognize his voice. Um, Peter had an interesting a time with that, a struggle with that. If you want to, turn to Matthew 16, um, verse 15. Jesus said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And then it's just a couple verses down in Matthew 20, or 16, 21, it says, From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. In one moment, Peter's receiving a revelation from the Father about who Jesus is. And then the next minute, he, well, not the next minute, but shortly after, he's receiving something from the enemy and, and blurting it out. And... Uh, Jesus right away recognized the source, didn't he? He saw right away, where is this coming from? Because he knows the Father, 
You know, he knows he knows what the father's going to do and say. It's like that was not coming from him. But Peter couldn't discern that. One thing I like about this account is that Peter didn't get disqualified because of it. You know, he he really made a big mistake. I mean, it would be sort of a bummer to have Jesus say, get behind me, Satan, <laughs> to you. It would feel a little like, oh, I blew it. But um, really what Jesus is showing us is that we're allowed to make mistakes as long as we're teachable. Right? It's not the mistake. He's not surprised by our mistakes, actually. <laughs> it's A lot of times people have a hard time believing that, but he's, he's not shocked that you don't know everything and that you goof up. It's, it's actually to be expected. But what's needed from us is that we're willing to be teachable. We're willing to listen to him, to, to take the correction, to, to gain some wisdom and insight and truth from him. It's also fun that if you look at this and think about it, Peter, if Peter had never said anything, uh, Jesus wouldn't have been able to teach him about the problem if he had never said anything. So I look at that and think, well, that is a good indication that we should give each other room to make mistakes. You know, it's okay for us to practice, to to say, I think I'm hearing this, or I think I'm getting this, or this is what I think God is saying. But it's it's also okay for others to correct us and go, you know, that doesn't sound like Jesus. It doesn't sound like God. So the 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 practicing of, of what we're learning is important for us. Otherwise, we can't grow. We never say anything. We're never going to learn whether we're hearing or not, right? Which Peter wouldn't have known. He would have just been kind of in a bad mood because he was listening to Satan. <laughs> so I say, let's not avoid sharing with each other what we're hearing because the body of Christ needs to be equipped. And that's how it happens. We get equipped this way to become that perfect bride that Jesus is going to come back for. That's what it's going to take. So ways to increase communication and experiencing and hearing more from God. Really, number one is asking. It just is. We have to ask, and we have to, to actually believe that that asking gets us somewhere. It's not a throwaway. It's, it's an everyday asking him, what are you saying? What are you doing? What do you want me to know? How do, what do you want to show me today? It's, it's a promise in John 16, 13 that is just lovely. Um, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. That's what's been promised to us, is that the Holy Spirit wants to tell us what God is doing and what he wants us to know. He wants to disclose to us what is to come. So the only way he can do that is if we're listening, right? If we're paying attention and connecting with him. And God isn't distant from us. He's already inside here. He's so close. I, I like to say, you know, he doesn't really have to shout at me because he's in here. So he can, he can whisper. I can hear him because he's closer than anyone else. And he knows my brain because he made it. He's the one that wired it all up and he knows how to get his thoughts in 
quicker than I can. His thoughts can come in quicker than mine. That's pretty cool, too. So we don't have to worry about keeping him out. It's not frivolous to ask him. It's, we really are the bride of Christ. And if you think about the bride, what would the bridegroom feel if the bride wasn't thinking that she was going to communicate with him? I wonder if she didn't think that she was expected to be in a relationship with the bridegroom. That'd be pretty crazy, huh? If she, wasn't, if she thought that he didn't care about the details of her life, what kind of relationship is that? You know, the bride thinking that the bridegroom doesn't really have an interest in how she's doing or what she's feeling or what she needs. That doesn't make sense. We're just, we're not the masses to Jesus. You know, he's the one that stops for the one. And all of us are the one that he stops for. We're not just this glob of life so we can ask him questions and turn our attention to him and and I think it's legal to go with the first thought that comes to our mind when we ask him a question because as I said he's actually way smarter than us he's a genius he's above a genius so it's 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 permissible to trust that the father is actually going to answer you when you ask him for bread Jesus said, you know, he's not the kind of father that gives you a rock or puts a scorpion in your hand. When, when a child comes and asks for bread, he gives them bread. So when we ask, it's permissible for us to take a moment and see what's coming through. What am I sensing, thinking, feeling? And, and go with that. If it's wrong, he knows how to show you. He's, he's, he's not incapable. That's not the one time that you get it wrong and that's it. It's, it's, there's, a, there's a way he has of showing you that that, that was right, that wasn't right. That you, what you thought you heard, that wasn't right. He can show you that. So it's okay to trust him and try to experiment and, and actually practice. We have to start somewhere. And we can ask him to give us wisdom and direction and then turn our attention to him and see what comes. He's the one saying to do it. And he knows that we hear imperfectly. And he knows we can get confused. But we're not told to do nothing. Jesus says, go. And so you get to just go and move forward and trust that he'll show you the right way and deal with your mistakes and fix the mistakes as we stay connected to him and and trusting him um, as the father. And actually, I think it's the only way to grow in relationship with him. We have to step out and do it. (laughs) Otherwise, nothing is happening. There's no growth in it. It gets just stale. Another kind of fun and practical way to interact with them is just to write down questions that you have. I love to do that, especially with scriptures I'm reading, because there's plenty of them that I'm reading and reading and I'm looking up and trying to figure out what that means and I still don't really know. It's still an inscrutable thing. I just look at it and say, 
okay, I understand all the words and I see the, maybe the overall point, but I don't really know what that means. And then write it down because Jesus is a great teacher because then he'll answer you and it, it, if you've written it down, it, it'll remind you that you asked, right? So you can notice how it comes. There's going to be an answer that comes somehow, whether it's in a book you're reading, a conversation you're having, maybe the thought just comes to mind. There's lots of ways that he'll show you and answer the question. But if you don't write it down, likely you'll forget you even asked the question and that you actually want to get the answer or that, that he's answering. It's, it's just so fun when you have evidence that I wrote that down on January 1st and look, here it is. February 21st, and I see that answer, you know, and then you know there's something that happened there. So I like to do that. We can also increase our communication with God by learning to speak on his behalf to strengthen other people and comfort other people and uh, build them up. In 1 Corinthians 14.31, For you can all prophesy, one by one, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And I'm not talking here about each of you becoming a prophet. Some people in the body are called to that office. And it's really interesting to study that whole side of things. There's a lot to know and a lot to learn about it, but it's going beyond what I'm talking about tonight. What I'm talking about tonight is the prophetic word and prophecy used in the body to strengthen each other and to comfort each other. It's an encouragement to each other and building up. It's a building up of the body. It's like a gift. Um, 1 Corinthians 14 1 through 3 says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. In the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. When God gives us revelation for somebody else, it, it really helps us grow in our relationship with him because we're, we're learning stuff from him, we're getting and we're, we're, we're seeing the result in, in a lot of times from the person that we share our gift with. But the point of the gift really is that you're giving something to somebody else, right? It's a gift that's meant to bless the body and bless each other. And it demonstrates this amazing love that God has for each of us and the value that each of us has to him. When we receive a prophetic word for someone else or from someone else, the Bible says that we're supposed to test everything and see if it's good. And, and the Holy Spirit a lot teaches us how to do that. Well, we, we, we just don't take everything that's said as being, okay, that's going to direct my life, which at, at Bethel, we're very careful that when we're giving prophetic words to each other, it's about encouragement, building up, comfort. It's not, you're going to get married tomorrow, you know, that kind of thing, because that, that really is at a level that we're not talking about. I'm not saying that it's impossible for someone to be at that level, but no, that's not what we're talking about as the body. We're talking about sticking in this place of 
Um, how do we build each other up and encourage each other and sense from God things to give to each other as a gift? And we stay in that place. It's pretty easy to remember. It should be encouraging. And it, sh- it should be building up. It should be strengthening. And uh, the Bible, the Holy Spirit will help us know if what we're getting is something that is, is right and to hold on to what is good. So, now we get to practice. And you don't have to do it, but I, I think it would be fun to do it. Um, if you have paper, I'd like to do something first. And actually, this first part, you don't have to have paper, but if you do, it might be fun to write down what you get. So, if you can... Get a piece of paper and a pen. Okay, I'm just going to pray and then I'll tell you what to do. So Holy Spirit, you're invited. You're invited to just be in charge here. Um, Impart what you want to impart, Holy Spirit. Let your wisdom and truth and revelation be present in every heart here. And let us have increase tonight. Let us just have more, more than we've had before. We just invite you to speak. We invite you to do whatever you want to do. Have your way, Holy Spirit. So, if you would, just close your eyes. Um, Jesus, I'm asking that you would show each one here what you're thinking about them right now. Show them however you want to, Jesus. In any sense that you want, show them a picture. Give them a thought. Let them sense you in some new way. Or just share your thoughts with us. Whenever you're ready, you can write down anything you're getting. Any thoughts, any sensation, any feeling. Whatever, whatever you're noticing from him. We thank you for your presence. As you're sitting there, um, think of someone in your life that, or ask the Lord for a name of someone that you would that he would like you to share a word with. And as you just ask him, you know, how how do you what do you want to show me to encourage? or to build up or strengthen this person? What's the gift, Holy Spirit, that you want me to give? You can show me in my hearing, in my tasting, in my smelling, in my sensing. Show me however you want, in my mind, in my thoughts. What's the gift that you want me to give them? Okay, so now this one... It's more right here. Um, think of those ways. You can see a picture. You can look at somebody and have a feeling or a sense or whatever a color a word comes to mind. And turn to the person next to you and pray with them a minute and then give them a word and then have them give you a word. Just say, Lord, what's your gift? And then look at them and go with whatever comes to mind. Don't make it hard for yourself. No judgment. Just do it. (laughs) It gets easier as we practice. And 
you never know, that, might, that word might just rock that person's soul. <laughs> and actually, if you don't think of something, you can always give an encouraging word that's always okay. Never hurts anybody to say something encouraging, right? So just turn to someone near you and give them a word and have them give you a word. Is everybody done their sharing? Uh, did you get something to share with the person? Everybody find something and get a word back? Did any, was anyone blessed by the word they got from the other person? <laughs> cool. Wow. And even up there. <laughs> That's cool. So do you want to try it again? Or is that just way too much? <laughs> Um, okay, so let's try it one more time, just to kind of cement it. Okay, this time you turn around and do somebody behind you. Okay, not the person you're sitting by. And just, it, could be, it doesn't have to be real long, you know, but just whatever, whatever impression you get, just share it. Something nice. <laughs> Something nice. So how are we doing? Is, Everybody got their words? Yeah. You guys are awesome. <laughs> that especially turning around thing is awesome. <laughs> then I know it's no one you know usually, right? It's somebody different. Yeah, which is even more fun. One of the things that, that our school students do um, around town is when they're going out to eat is give a word to the waitress or the waiter, you know, it's, it's just a quick thing, but it can be such a blessing to someone to hear God's heart for them, and it doesn't have to be so long and involved, it can just be something simple, but just that, that it's really a gift that you're giving to the other person, so I want to encourage you to practice you can practice at home, you can practice at work, you can practice at school, you can practice wherever you are. It, it, it's like living and breathing this stuff, right? It's, it's our life. It's the normal Christian life. Um, Bill Johnson's phrase. I stole it from him. Um, but it's a great phrase because it, it tells us the way Jesus lived is the way that we live, right? And, and we are we're connected to the king of the universe. He knows everything. He's so smart. <laughs> and he's so full of love. And he's so full of good things for us. And our job is to partner with him in that. And, and be a gift to those around us. To this, this body, this family that, that is the, the body of Christ that we want to equip. And those that aren't, or we call pre-believers, those that don't know it yet, they can love a prophetic word. Because it just goes right to their heart. It's, it's not Christianese. It's just something encouraging. And they can feel, wow, there's something there that I might want to know more about. You never know where something that you give to someone is going to lead. It's, it's amazing where that can go. So practice. It gets easier. And it gets easier because our trust keeps growing. Every time we take a risk, it's like you go here and you didn't fall off the edge, so you go here and you didn't fall off the edge, so you keep going. And that, that trust thing just gets bigger and bigger and lets you risk more and more. 
And at the end of the day, it's, it's just not about us, right? It's about him, and it's, he's, he deserves this family of people who are living and taking risks in his name and because he's trustworthy. It's, it's our way to show him, yeah, I believe you. So if you would like me to pray for more for you, you're welcome to stand up. I'm just going to pray a blessing and impartation, and, and then we're done. So I welcome your sound up if you'd like. So Lord, I do. I thank you for each one here. What what a, a way to honor you, Lord, by wanting to know more about what you're saying and doing and what you're dreaming for in our time, in our day. We're here for such a time as this. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you breathe right now on every heart, every soul, every, every body, any body that, that hurts or needs healing. Come in your, your power to heal and to, to give wisdom and truth. You're invited to bring more to each one here, to increase what's already there to more, to this breakthrough time that we're in, this revival time that we're in. Just increase what you're doing in each of us. Bring more of your goodness, more of your of heaven's atmosphere inside of each of us. Let the kingdom truly come on earth as it is in heaven, in Zimbabwe as it is in heaven. Jesus Christ is Lord over Zimbabwe. Jesus Christ is Lord over Harare. Jesus Christ is Lord over this whole continent. Jesus Christ is Lord, and we just declare, Lord, that you are in charge, and that you have all the resources that we need, and that you are raising up a mighty army of people who just love you so much that they will take risks and they will trust you and they will believe you and they will never let you go. They won't let that hem of the garment go because you are awesome and you're worthy and we just love you. We just love you, Jesus. You're worthy of all of our passion and all of our love. And God, I just ask for a great outpouring here in this place, in this time, because that's what you want. Amen. Thank you so much. Good job, guys.